When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this 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 is views from Street. Now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. The views from Street podcast rolls on. My name is Rob Brown. Lonzo Wrightsell here with me as well. My co-host, my partner in crime. If this is your first time listening to the pod. We would very much appreciate you uh, doing us a favor, subscribing to the pod wherever major, uh, major podcasts are found on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Apple iTunes. Yeah, is that all? Yeah, that's all. Oh, and free on the Odyssey app. Appreciate you following us and, of course, sharing us around within your social circle so that your friends, your family, all the Big Cats fans in your life can make sure that they are followed up as well. Uh so I asked you on Friday, what would you constitute as a successful day for Baker Mayfield? And if I recall correctly, you said 18 completions uh, being a, a, a solid number. He went 21 of 33 for a buck 96, two interceptions, one that was definitely not his fault, one that was. Would you say Baker has done enough for you to be confident in his ability as the starter coming up against Denver, Detroit, Pittsburgh, which are all very winnable football games. All right. So I'm not so certain about Detroit anymore. Um, D- Detroit, they're, they're out there. Play- they're not, they're not being Detroit right now. They're uh, actually looking like a, a semi winning football team. I would stick with Baker, but you know what? We haven't seen Sam yet. Put him in there. We'll see what happens. The, the thing is, with the comparisons with the people who hate Baker, and there are people who absolutely hate him, um, they're going to look at this. So you see what happened in this game? But you brought this up uh, a few minutes ago. It's it's according to the defense that you're playing about how you're going to look. You don't know that P.J. would have looked any better. Chances are he would have looked worse because there were some passes that Baker did make that P.J. can't make. And Sam Darnold might be able to make. But PJ cannot do that. PJ is fine when you're playing a defense that you can run on. Baltimore is not a defense you can run on. We've seen that firsthand now yesterday. They're just not. And this was this was such a tight game. Other than the interceptions, I don't know how much more Baker could have done with all the pressure that was on him, with everything. And I'm talk, not talking about outside pressure. I'm talking about defensive pressure that was on him. Uh, I, other than the interceptions, what else could he have done? I know, throw touchdowns and win the game. But <laughs> other than that. <laughs> no, I uh, listen, I, I, I don't think I can put this on the feet of Baker, right? Or, or the arm of Baker, or the legs of Baker, whatever whatever body part of Baker you want to put this way, on. Baker was sacked four times yesterday. Yes. And, and, and by the way, just so we're abundantly clear, I genuinely believe – and I again, this is subjective, though. I think 
that was the worst the offensive line has looked in a number of weeks, right? Like a nut, like maybe back to Cincinnati. It was, and it's no, not. I think I think it was back to Cleveland almost in some cases. Especially, I think Icky took took a, a few steps back. I like actually don't game. have a problem uh, with that analysis. Uh, I, I really don't have an issue with that being the take. Uh, and, and again, as I said, like I, I know that I kind of feel I well, let me phrase it. I don't know how I I feel like I'm kind of beating a dead horse at this point. So, but this is exactly why on Friday's show I said, don't take the results of the game against Baltimore as a condemnation of the team, of the season, of the momentum, of the progression. Their strength is 100% in the front seven defensively. We saw Jason Pierre Pierre Paul. We saw Houston. We saw Roquan, all of whom made a difference in this game. Uh, This is why I said the Baltimore game is not a game that Carolina Panthers fans should allow to impact how they feel about the growth and momentum of this football team. Uh, Baker felt that pressure. The offensive line felt that pressure. I think the pass game as a whole felt that pressure. There was a lot that went into this game across the front that I feel like created some discomfort, created some moments that maybe we would have liked to see more. Maybe we would have liked to seen a better performance out of Baker, out of the wide receivers, out of the run game. And that can be attributed to the Baltimore Ravens having a genuinely very good front seven that we lined up against. But uh, I thought that there were some spots that the OL gave up some pressure. They probably shouldn't have. I thought there were some spots that we had an opportunity to run the ball that we instead tried to force the ball with Baker Mayfield and spots that we, we, we didn't necessarily need to do so. Um, there's no part of this that reflects on Baker Mayfield, right? Like I saw, I, I saw a Panthers fan putting this all on, as I mentioned earlier. Oh, we look just like we did before Baker got hurt. Did we though? Right. Did we like, I saw Baker make some throws. I don't think PJ could have made. I think we saw him extend some plays, get past the line of scrimmage in some spots that PJ might not have, although that is a bit subjective. I I, I just feel like Lonzo, we kind of went back to week two, week three, as far as play calling, where we started trying to perform really above the level that the talent on the field, uh, not not can be, but more calls for, if that makes sense. Well, I've I've watched a couple podcast, uh, not podcasts, but uh, but uh, um. What are those things that the media do? You know those things. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen. I've wait, seen. No, wait, wait, wait. I need seen, to know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm seeing. I'm on vacation right now. Okay? I know that. I, that's I, want every, I want everyone to know that. That's why. That's why I can't think of a press conference. That's it. There it that's is. It. Hey. That's it. Which is the thing that the media do with you know someone up there talking to the media. Fair so enough. I got there. I went, I've watched a couple of press conferences, and I've seen a couple things that you start to see from losing teams, including Baker calling out Shai Smith a little bit. Um, it's, it's, it was kind of subtle. It wasn't a major calling out. It's, 
it's he's like I need to work with him a little bit more. Um, I know he's trying to help me, but he went one way when I thought he was going another way. Um, so he kind of blamed him a little bit. Someone asked uh, Coach Wilkes uh, about CJ, and he said, "Well, first of all, he needs to catch the ball." Um. So yeah. So so starting, starting to see see little things, and he was pointing out how how yes, he's the most talented receiver, and the problem is that he is getting some double teams and things like that. But then he said it, if I recall, twice. But when the ball comes to you, you've got to catch it. And uh, I can't remember what quarter it was in, but it would have been, uh, if not a touchdown, but uh, some really good yardage, and he just dropped the ball. And it wasn't like it was a bad pass. So there were some some things out there. I thought Terrace Marshall looked good when he got open and when he caught the ball. Uh, they're just so many things that I think were being overly negative when this is exactly what I, I think I think they did better than what you thought they were going to do. As far as your perfect scenario, if they were to lose, they lost by 10. And and those, those 10 points, I mean, the majority of those points were scored in the fourth quarter, the back half of the fourth quarter. That's how close this game was. I mean, this was this was a really good game for the Panthers, but it's one of those, and, and Coach Wilkes also said, they need to learn how to win, uh, win the close one. And they do, because there have been a couple games that they could have and should have won, and they were really close games. This is how this was going into the fourth quarter. They had opportunities, but drop balls, uh, fumbles, interceptions, they hurt themselves. This very well could have been like a, a six-to-six tie going into overtime, which is what it looked like it was going to be. Oh, it 100% did, right? Like, And, and for the record, if you'd have told me on Sunday morning before this game kicked, hey, Rob, the Carolina Panthers are going to lose this game by 10. I'd have been like, hey, that's not bad, right? Like, we beat the spread. Good teams win, great teams cover. Like, that's the, the, the old jokey cliche we've heard for a long time. If you would have told me that these Panthers were going to cover the spread and be inside 10 and that it would be a late touchdown that made it a 13-3 game instead of a 10-3 game or a, or a 10-9 game or a 10-6 game, uh, I'd have been thrilled, right? The frustration of this game doesn't come from the L. The frustration of this game doesn't come from it being a close sell. So the frustration comes from the fact that we were three or four big plays away from winning this game. Same with Cleveland. Same with New York. Same with Atlanta. We were three or four close games tops away from winning this game. The defense did everything they could to keep up, uh, to keep us in this game. I thought that the play calling got a little bit squirrely. I thought there were a couple of times we shot ourselves in the foot. Like I get the, I get the take on DJ three catches, 24 yards. But if I recall off the top of my head correctly, six targets in that game, which means that half of the footballs thrown in his direction ended up on the ground. TMJ three receptions, 76 yards, on six targets, Shy Smith, four catches, 26 yards 
on five targets. Chuba dropped one. DJ dropped three. And Thomas dropped one. Uh, Blackshear dropped a couple. Chenault, I, th- I think Chenault was the only wide receiver that did not have a credited drop to his name. So the frustration isn't the L because, again, we're kind of at the point where I'm like, okay, the division is out of reach. L's at this point only kind of boost up our, our draft pick, and I think we're third now in the draft order. The frustration is not the L. The frustration is not the close L. The frustration is that it was a close L, and we can identify a couple of issues within the game that if any one of them goes differently, we probably win this football game. You know, this is another one of those things. If you if you were watching these two teams for the first three quarters, I, I dare you to say Baltimore was a better team because um, they are have the better record. They they really they are the better team, but they didn't look like it. That's did, did Carolina play up to them? Did they play down uh, to us? No, Carolina is that close to winning some games. And they are not as bad as the record looks. And they definitely played Baltimore seriously tough for three quarters. And a game like that, which is a defensive struggle, there's always going to be one little thing that breaks it open. And unfortunately for us, it was shy getting that ball pulled out. Yeah, but again, I think that is that that is one thing that we uh I'm going to say we as optimists, much to the chagrin of the great one. We as optimists, as we very clearly both are the most optimistic people you'll ever meet. Oh, without a doubt, um, we hold hands over rainbows and sunshine. Correct. We do. Find some joy, ladies and gentlemen. Find some joy. Uh, In finding some joy in this takeaway, I believed going in, it was an L, right? And and, and you want to get to a spot where you can go, okay, I don't believe we're going in as an L. Like, that's the mark that your football team has turned a corner. I believed going in that that was an L. And I was okay with it. I accepted it. The fact that it wasn't just an L, but it was such a painful L because we were right there. Right, without the shy fumble that turned into a turnover. By the way, he had two fumbles in that game. One which, uh, one which was recovered by Carolina. But we're a we're a fumble away. We're a tip pass at the line turned int away. We are one, maybe two, third and real short, and we just came up an inch short of a first downs away. We were right there from beating a team that is considered by Vegas to be the fifth highest Vegas betting odd in all the land, like right there. And, and and the reason I said on Friday, don't let this L, if we take one, break your confidence, break your optimism, is for exactly this reason, Lonzo. I know a lot of people are going to look at this team, look at this game, look at this score and go, oh, Carolina was right there, but they couldn't get the job done. Uh, this is the same Baltimore team that went in New Orleans and beat the hell out of them last Monday. We went into their house and made them reach down deep and pull something out of their guts late. I'm not saying we're a Super Bowl team, but Baltimore is, and we gave them everything they wanted and then just a little bit more. 
I'm so I'm not upset about the uh, I'm not upset about the outcome of this game in the least. Yeah, I I also picked them to lose, but I'm always going to be upset with the loss. But when it comes down, I I think it comes down to would you rather see them get blown out by Baltimore? Does that make you feel better, or does it make you feel worse that they were so close and just a couple bad plays away again? And I don't know. I I, th- I guess it's up to each individual, but I think I'd almost rather be blown out than get that close and fail at the end because everybody else is going to blame one person when it was, you know, the entire team that messed up. It was play calling. It was poor decisions. It was inability to do the things that you do best because the other team stopped you. There are a, a lot of reasons. I think I'd almost rather be blown out than to be this close and and fall short. I uh, I would not. I would not. And I'll tell you why. You get the best of both worlds. Number one, we stay in a really good spot as far as draft position. And number two, it puts the league on notice. And it, it more importantly than putting the league on notice, it puts us on notice that we're real close, right? We're real. If we can do that with a three-win football team this year, if we can do that with a three-win football team this year, imagine what we're going to do next year with a head coach who's not interim, with a coaching staff that is solidified, with a roster that's not worried about, okay, am I going to be here next year? Am I not? What does a roster look like next year, et cetera? Imagine when we solidify over this offseason and we come into this exact same game next year with a very solidified roster, a permanent head coaching spot, and an owner that buys in and invests so it's a different look, right? This was this was a seven point game until it turned it. I should say it was a three point game until it turned into a ten point game late. Uh, I I I get it. You'd probably rather be down twenty four at the half than end up down the spot that we were in down ten at the end of the game. But down at the end of the game to this team as it stands right now shows me the next step is right there. It's get the head coach right. It's get the quarterback right. And if you nail those two, the rest of the roster is already locked into a really good place right now.